0: Hi there, this is Jason Horsch, owner of Xanadu Gallery. I'd like to welcome you to another Red Dot podcast. This is episode two. We're recording on March 29th, 2017. And as I begin, I'd like to thank all of you who listened to the first episode and gave me feedback. Uh, Your input is appreciated and uh, hopefully helps make the podcast more interesting, uh, more useful to you. Uh, Today, I I mentioned in that first broadcast that I wanted to present a variety of different topics, subjects, and formats. And today, I'm pleased to start uh, with an interview. I'm going to be interviewing uh, Dave Newman, who is an artist that I've been working with at Xanadu for over 10 years now. And uh, we have a, a great uh, relationship, um, and 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 I'm looking forward to having a conversation with Dave, both about his art, but also about his kind of the development of his business as an artist um, and and his professional career and hopefully we can share some insights that will be useful to you in your career and uh, just have a a great conversation so again I'll be looking forward to your feedback and what you think of this format so uh, first let me uh, welcome my guest Dave Newman welcome Dave
1: well thank you for having me I appreciate it
0: Uh, As we get started, maybe I'll just have you take us way back, way back to the very beginning. Um, You know, a lot of artists will say that uh, their first memories are of creating art, drawing pictures, uh, you know, crayons and all those kind of things. Would you say that's true for you? You know, was art something that came to you very early in life?
1: Um, I would say not. I, you know, of course, I I had a sister and we, we would, you know, do... Uh, finger painting and little drawings and stuff, but I never really had that real creative spark. And I think I wasn't really a, a, a drawer where I could really draw like some kids in school. So I always thought, well, I, I can't really be an artist if I can't draw. And of course, that's a nice help. But um, so I, I, I think I put it aside, never really thought much about it until uh, later on in life.
0: So it wasn't necessarily something that uh, came naturally to you but as you kind of look back on early life are there events in your early life that you feel have had an influence on your development of an as an artist or um you know did did the art all kind of just seem to happen later in life
1: Yeah it pretty much happened later in life I um I remember taking art classes in high school just because I, I I took it because I thought it would be easier than music. Um, okay. I wasn't. I have dyslexia, and it, it just seemed to be very difficult for me. And it's still the art spark just didn't really, you know, hit until really in my 30s. We had a, a screen printing business, and I started reading about Andy Warhol and Robert Rauschenberg and all the pop artists, and that's what really kind of got me into art and started reading about it. And then it just kind of like, I, it just clicked that, you know, I, I really want to become an artist.
0: And uh, w- where where did you grow up? Uh, give us a little bit of your, your background.
1: I grew up in Anaheim, California, just down the street from Disneyland. And uh, it was a great place to grow up, you know, obviously with Disneyland and Knott's Berry Farm and the beach and the whole California scene. I got into cars and motorcycles at an early age and... I also remember driving around with my parents at night in the Disneyland area and the motel signs really uh, the the blinking neon and the color and everything just really made an impression on me. And um, I kind of brought that into my art as I started, um, you know, becoming an artist and I still do to this day incorporate all those uh, memories.
0: Yeah, and I'll be sharing some images of Dave's work, and obviously you can see Dave's work on our website as well. And and I think that, um, you know, if you look at that work, you'll definitely see that there is a... Um, Uh, looking back at the, uh, the, you know, the big colors that Dave's talking about, the the neon and the signs and the the large graphics. And, um, you know, it's clear that that obviously had a, a, you know, big impression. You mentioned um, uh, screen printing and, and that. How did you kind of fall into or work your way into that business?
1: Well, I was a bellman in a hotel, which has absolutely nothing to do with art. But it did give me a good course on how to speak with people and how to relate to people i which would help later on i had a roommate that was a sign painter and he introduced me to screen printing and sign painting so i started that's how i kind of got into screen printing and i wound up opening my screen printing business in our garage in anaheim and then we moved on to a shop and a bigger shop and um, that's what kind of got me into art. And then, like I said, you know, reading about the artist and going to museums and galleries. And uh, I was just uh, obsessed with becoming an artist, basically.
0: As far as the screen printing, uh, what were you printing? And who were your clients? How did you develop that business?
1: Um, it was mostly commercial accounts like restaurants, uh, car clubs, hotels. You know, very commercial. And then I started doing serograph Uh, printing for artists and I realized how difficult that was to do to please artists which rightfully so I mean everyone wants it to be perfect and we we all know how it is to have colors correct but I I realized that wasn't really what I wanted to do and what I really wanted to do was do my own pieces so I started I started doing some early screen prints um, because of Andy Warhol and and that kind of got me started and kind of went on from there.
0: So you start creating your first works of art. And did you know right away that, um, you know, that you both enjoyed it and um, that it was something that, uh, you know, you'd want to show other people and and start to sell?
1: Yes, I, you know, the beginning works, you know, when you look back, I mean, some are really great and some are really bad. I I remember going to a museum show and seeing... um, Oh gosh, I Frank Stella in in Los Angeles. These in giant aluminum like wall pieces that were all painted, and I thought, gosh, that is just the greatest thing. So I went home. I tried to do it. I did a little piece, and I wound up throwing it away, which I wish I had kept now as a mm-hmm. reminder. But uh, you know, in the beginning days, you know, your your family, your friends are always very supportive. I wouldn't I wouldn't say it that my family was that supportive, but my friends were. And, um, and especially my wife, Donna was, has always been very supportive. And um, yeah, it just, uh, you know, in the beginning, it's really hard because you don't know when you can call yourself an artist. You know, I had a hard time, like, what do you do? I'm an artist. And, and, and how do you know when that is when, when you're selling work, when you're, you feel you've arrived or, you know, it's, it's a really funny thing.
0: So um, how did you sell your first piece? How did that process start?
1: Well, we had, a, we had a costume jewelry business after the screen printing business, and we did pretty well with that business. And, that and allowed... this is
0: still in California?
1: Yes, sorry. It was in uh, San, uh, Rancho Santa Margarita in uh, Southern California. And it gave me the opportunity to pursue my art career while Donna pretty much ran that business. And um, so I got a little studio and started really... Trying to become an artist. So I'd sell some pieces to some friends and I'd enter, you know, little gallery shows. And eventually that business, the costume jewelry business, ended because of the fashion industry just kind of changed. So we found ourselves with basically no income and we decided to do outdoor art shows. And so we just started doing outdoor art shows and we were doing about 17 shows a year. And we did that for about 11 years and traveled all over the country.
0: You know, that's really interesting. And I think that's a, a path that a lot of people can can understand. And I guess, first of all, I'd say it probably, it, and I'm I'm trying to think how to say this a little <laughs> bit delicately, but, but yeah. probably there was a little bit of uh, naivete in thinking, well, our, our business isn't working out, so we need to make some money. Let's go sell some art.
1: <laughs> well, yeah. And, you know, we, we've been self-employed since 1980 with the screen printing business and button cover business, the custom jewelry business that we had we just thought well you know we've always worked for ourselves and um you know i i have i had a lot of confidence in myself we figured well all our other businesses worked why shouldn't this and maybe that is a little being a little naive but um you know it did work out and I, i was selling work right away i mean just like any other artist it's not always a steady flow but it was enough to make a living in the beginning which you, can, you can't ask for much more than that.
0: How did you kind of figure out how the shows work and what you'd need to do? You know, were there other artists who helped you? Or what, what was the process of, of building that successful show and festival business?
1: Yeah, back then, you know, the internet wasn't as as big as it is now. So you kind of, there was some like magazines and things that you could get. And I, you know, became friends with other artists. And you'd just ask, you know, what shows are good and what, you know, what would be a good uh, fit for my work, and we were still in California, and we started actually doing art shows in Arizona in the Carefree Scottsdale area. Those were some of my very first shows, and actually the very first art show I ever did was here in Prescott before we even moved here, um, and I I think if I remember right, I I think I won second place in mixed media, which was very exciting for me for my very first outing, so yeah, that's, that's how we kind of started finding out about art shows and and then you go to an art show you ask someone you know what what's your next show you're doing and they'll say it's this show and it's like well how is that and you you know it's kind of like a a traveling band of artists that just kind of share information it's uh it was really a great experience to do the art shows i i never have regretted doing those
0: my experience with you and donna is that you are great at building relationships with people and talk just just talking to people um and, and did that all kind of come naturally to you? Were you were you prepared to do that at the shows?
1: Well, I think you almost have to. If you if you can't talk to the people about your work and you don't want to be the brooding artist that sits in the corner and here's my work, come by it. It it just doesn't work that way. And um I, I've I over the years, you know, doing art shows I'd see artists sitting in the corner reading or sitting there and looking disinterested. And I think you really have to be and we're, we were never high sell, you know, high pressure people. We just were ready to talk to people about my work and answer any questions. And um, I, like I said, being at the hotel and talking to people, checking people in, and being a bellman, I think really helped me. And of course, Donna's really good at it, and she's taught me a lot too. So it's it's really I, I love ta- just like we're talking now. I love talking about art. I like talking about business, and it's just really a lot of fun.
0: That ability to interact with people and engage people was, was certainly a big factor in, in becoming successful in the show circuit. Um, are there any other things that you'd point to that helped you and Donna, um, be successful in the circuit or that you'd recommend other artists try doing?
1: Well, you know, when we first started doing the shows, the internet wasn't as big, you know, again, and, um, these days, you know, with the websites and uh, social media and um, you, you know you can promote yourself in, in such a great way, I think just you know just networking when you meet people, you know we own our own little gallery here in Prescott, and that's also a, a nice bonus for us that I can push my work and, and send people to other galleries like yours and the other galleries that I show with but I, I think just really having a partner helps that really believes in what you're doing and, and striving for the same goals. I think if we were both artists, it might be difficult because I, I've known couples and that can be a little I'm not I'm not saying it doesn't work, but I think it's a little more competitive and I think it helps having one person help run things and that frees me up to be really creative like ninety five percent of the time.
0: Do you still have um you know, it's been a number of years since you stopped doing the shows, but are there still clients and other artists that you stay in touch with from those those experiences
1: yes uh definitely a lot of collectors that have collected my work from the mid 90s have stayed in touch and have bought works up you know at this point and a lot of my artist friends are from those days it just it's just really a good experience to get out there put your work out there in front of total strangers get um feedback it's kind of like a uh it's like Facebook, except it's in real time and you're out there. And it really, um, I don't know, it's, it's exciting to me to pull up and set up your tent and see your friends. It's just very exciting and fun and, and to sell your work out there and get comments, good or bad. You, you do develop a pretty thick skin, I think, out there because you hear everything. But it's, it's all good, and the friendships are, are, you know, very long-term, and it's really, there's, I don't see really any negatives at all doing that.
0: And then at some point uh you and donna decided that uh you know though the shows were successful that you were kind of ready to move on to the next phase of your career and and start working with galleries so what led to that decision and and what was the process of transitioning from doing the shows to reaching out to more galleries
1: well like i was saying it was a great uh time to do shows and really a lot of fun but towards the end of we did it for 11 years i was starting to get a bad attitude and i've had that in jobs that i've had when i was younger and i realized if you've got a bad attitude that it's time to probably move on and i thought that was probably a good time to end doing art shows which coincided with us opening our gallery and that was a way to get off the show circuit we were very lucky and fortunate to get a space like we have it's a small space but it's very manageable and it really was tough in the beginning and we wondered if we had made the right decision We had opened up two months before 9-11, and it was, as we all remember, quite a hard time. But um, that's what really, I think, my bad um, attitude, and I was just tired of the weather, and it it was just time to move on.
0: Your gallery is in Prescott, Arizona, and that's where you live now. How did you discover Prescott and and, um, decide that that was where you wanted to be and that that was where you wanted to have the, the gallery?
1: Um, Donna's folks lived in uh Cottonwood, which is just not too far from Prescott, and we would drive through Prescott and uh Donna's uncle lived here and we would stay with him and the first time I drove into town is just the greatest feeling ever. It was like I wanna live here and it was just had everything that I wanted, you know, an old town, old buildings, signage, nice people. It had a really great vibe to it. And um We thought one of these days we're gonna move here, and we did, and Donna's uncle Jay helped us build our house and studio, and we're about 20 miles out of town. It's just a great place. I I love it, It just the town gets better all the time.
0: And so you moved there and opened the the gallery and started selling your work and other artists' work and artisans' work. And then at what point did you start um, reaching out to other galleries to show your work in other parts of the country?
1: Well, I think I might, I can't remember if I had a few galleries at the time when we were doing art shows, but I think it was mostly after, you know, we were off the road, we opened our gallery and, you know, like you had said, I've been in your gallery over 10 years. I've got a gallery in Jackson Hole, which I've been with for, I think, five years and Modern West Fine Art, and then uh, Trove Gallery in Park City. And uh, I've been with those galleries, so I guess it did, most of the galleries did happen after we opened our gallery, um, just because I don't think I could handle doing the art shows and then keeping all the galleries um, you know, full with, work, with my work.
0: Were your early experiences with galleries mostly positive?
1: Well, we like to call them rescue missions. We, we had some kind of bad relationships in, the, in California in the early days when I think before I was doing art shows or maybe at the same time, actually, it's, um, I had a few, I think the very first gallery I was ever in was in Laguna Beach and it was, you had to pay for your wall space and I would highly recommend never doing that. Um, The gallery wound up going out of business. I'm probably lucky I got my work back. But, you know, when you first start out, you're so anxious to have any kind of interest from any gallery. And even if you don't feel good about the gallery, you still do it, which we've tried to never do again. Some experiences, I, I mean, I could probably do a whole show on rescue missions and pulling work out of galleries and not getting paid and horrible experiences, which Maybe is a good thing to go through because it teaches you a lot about what you should and shouldn't do.
0: Yeah, and talk about that a little bit. Um, y- you know, I-, I think a lot of artists. I know my dad, and and certainly many of the other artists that I've talked to, unfortunately have have had those kind of experiences. And then you kind of have the the flip side of that, where you have some some really strong, good, long term relationships. And so, you know. It- as you've developed in your career, how now do you kind of uh, look at galleries, and and what are you looking for? You know, say you're out looking for a new gallery. What are kind of the um, you, you know the signs that you look for that you're probably going to have a, a good relationship with that gallery?
1: Well, I like to see that you know if they've been around a while, which isn't always. I mean, doesn't mean a new gallery can't be a good gallery. But I, I like to see how they conduct business, how they how the gallery looks. Uh, I like to maybe contact some of the artists that have been in the gallery and how payment has been and how if... I find sometimes some of the hardest thing with some galleries are, is just the connection of um, being in touch. And just even an email, sometimes you, you maybe don't get a response right away. But but I also have to look at the other side, being a gallery owner too, that you sometimes you might have 40... 50 uh, artists in your gallery and it's not always easy to get back to everyone but I I try and look at those things and you know I've I've been in galleries that I thought were a great fit and it just wasn't uh, maybe because of just my work wasn't right for the gallery i you know who knows there's so many variables it's really hard to say.
0: Yeah, and I, I, you know, I think that's really interesting, and and just to give a little bit of the story of how um, we started working together, um, and and Dave, you can jump in and correct me okay. if I'm remembering anything incorrectly. All right. But um, this would have been in 2000, maybe late 2006. Um, uh, I was representing an artist that you also were showing in your gallery. And, um, at some point, you and Donna brought um, had arranged with the artist to bring some of the work that you had from your gallery down to my gallery. And that right. was when we first met. Yes, and um, you know, right away, I could i you know, I think I kind of got the sense, um and and could just see that you were both very personable and professional, and we you know, there was kind of was almost. I, I mean, I, this almost sounds a little bit cheesy, <laughs> but it was kind of like love at first sight kind of thing. But, right. <laughs> but, but from a business perspective, that's kind of what it was like. We, we we just seemed to to click. Yeah. Well, we were in the process of moving from our original location in Scottsdale. Um, we were building out a, a new gallery on Main Street. And so, um, you know, I wasn't in a position to really take on any new artists at that point while we were transitioning. But we, we had a conversation and, um, you know, I looked at, at uh, some images of your work. I don't even quite remember how how I did that, if you had a portfolio or if I went to your website.
1: Yeah, um, I think I wound up coming back in and bringing a few pieces in person, I think. Yeah. And and I think you said, well, I'm not ready right now. I'm, I think you were maybe still in the process and... Of, of building out and you know moving and all that stuff, I think.
0: Yeah, exactly. I think that was in the the late fall or winter of 2006, and we were opening our new space in February of uh, 2007. And so um, uh, then as as we moved into the new space, I think that we talked again and you got us um, uh, some pieces. Um, some great pieces, as I recall, and we got them up and we're very excited to have the work in the gallery. And, you know, it was one of those things where I just knew this was the, the perfect fit for us. Your work, the imagery kind of fit my, um, you know, my vision for aesthetic. Um, and so we, we promptly kicked things into gear and sold nothing.
1: Yeah. Crickets. <laughs> crickets. Cr- crickets for a year. I think we sold one piece that yeah
0: yes yeah i think that and and it was a small piece (laughs) and it was just almost a little bit um you know dumbfounding how you know i knew it was right you knew it was right um we we just knew that uh, that we were going to do well together and somehow our clients um weren't on the quite on the same page or just 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 weren't reacting the way that, that we thought they would now to be fair um, you, you know, with that timing, we should also mention that, uh, you know, here you are in 2007 and going into 2008. And of yeah. course, that was a, 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 you know, the beginning of the recession. And so, um, you know, there were just so much up in the air at that point that that certainly had to be a factor as well.
1: I thought, well, you know, we've sold one piece, here's a great idea, let's have a one man show. And <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and not exactly, you know, like, that's great if you've sold 20 pieces or something, gallery's thrilled. And, and you said yes. And I was like, wow, this is great. And, you know, which showed that you had a lot of belief in my work. And I believed in your gallery. And we started and then things just steadily got better and better. And, um, you know, it reminds me of the old artists that I read about that I'd read about in the books, you know, maybe the pop artists and even before then about that galleries that worked together for a long, long time and saw their career start from the beginning and, and just move along together. And that doesn't seem to happen so much anymore. And that's why to me this is so great because we kinda have the same vision and goal and believe in what we do and that's a pretty strong thing to have together to to build something.
0: You know, not every relationship with galleries is going to be that way and that doesn't mean that um you can't have a successful relationship with you know with a gallery that that's not quite as as strong. Um you know, and and sometimes there there are just issues. Dave and I are Uh, you know, what, an hour and a half away from one another. And so there's some proximity there and and we can see each other pretty frequently. And that kind of uh, encourages and engenders that relationship. And I have relationships with other artists um, where we sell very well and and are very uh, warm and, and cordial, but just you know, we don't see each other that often. And so it's not a, at the same kind of, of level. Um, and, and, you know, that can be fine too. You, you'll, you'll just see that uh, I, I think, you know, any artist who's in any relationship will know that uh, every single one is going to be a little bit different and have sure. its, its own dynamics. Um, you know, an interesting, I, I think side note on it, just continuing that conversation about how we got started. As I recall, we had that first one man show and that would have been in 2008 and even at the show opening um, I, I think that night we sold one one piece at the opening mm-hmm. and it wasn't a big piece it was about enough to cover the catering expenses <laughs> for, for the opening right and, and you know you know the, 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 we, we closed that night after after the opening and and it was exciting because we'd had people in and looking at the work and and there was that dynamic going on. But when I went home that night, I thought, oh man, maybe this just, you know, maybe we're just just, just trying too hard here and it's just not gonna gonna work out. Um, but over the course of the next um, few weeks, we ended up selling a, a number of pieces, a good number of pieces from the show um, and, and kind of sales have never really stopped since then. Um, right. You, you know, sh- yes, there are times when we're selling more and less, but they've been fairly stable and steady uh, over, the the last we're coming up on, on 10 years now. So. Yeah.
1: And that's a, kind of a scary thing too, because, you know, just because I've been there a while doesn't mean my work's always going to sell. And that's, that's, you know, you, you, I think that's why it's important to change things up. You know, like, you know, you want people to recognize your work, but you also want to have it fresh. And that's, that's what I always think about musicians that come out with a great album. Then the next album, it's like, well, how do I top this? You can't sound too different. It can't sound too the same and you know that that's that's hard because you you want it to to be fresh and you want to stay in the gallery and and be relevant so it's it's really i think it really keeps you on their toes because there's always tons of artists that want to take your place in a gallery anywhere
0: yeah yeah and it is a you know an ongoing dynamic where uh, the, you know the only thing that that ever stays the same is that everything is always changing and right you know you know obviously as as a gallery owner my goal is to build these kind of long-term relationships both with the artists i'm working with and with the collectors but you're right dave that you know over time uh, the dynamics can shift and change you just never know what's going to what's going to happen that and and that does keep it interesting and and um you know, like you said, keeps us on our toes a little bit. And, and you just uh, y- while you're always working on new work and keeping things interesting and fresh there, we have to be thinking too about how we can, you know, display the work differently or, you know, just kind of keep things mixed up and keep it all fresh. And, and uh, it's, it, it's fun. It, it's what, uh, you know, what keeps it from becoming a, uh, a monotony is that yes. you just never know what to expect for even from one day to the next.
1: Well, and we're lucky to be in a business that makes people happy and that come in and buy a piece of art and you take it to their home and it makes them happy and it's a very personal thing. It's, it's a great business to be in. I mean, uh, we're very fortunate. It's, um, I'm always thankful for sales. You know, sometimes things sell all the time and then it's like there's big lapses of time. And, and no matter how big of an artist or how, you know, well known you are, I think that happens to everyone. And it's, it's very hard. It's, I can see why people quit. I mean, sometimes, you know, you get very dejected and it's, it's hard to keep up and, and keep, but you know, if, if you're really passionate about what you do and what you're working on, you you just have to keep on creating. And that's what I do. And, and I just, I, I I have to do it. I want to do it. And, and that's what makes it fun to, to do what we do.
0: Yeah. And that's a great, segue into to what I wanted to ask you about next and that is kind of um, what what your work process is Um, you know you mentioned that you'd built a home and, and studio in Prescott and I've I've been fortunate to to visit the studio several times and um, you know, I, I I can safely say that Dave's studio would be the envy of of any artist. It's a beautiful space. Um, you, you've oh, you've obviously designed it and laid it out in a way that um, you know is conducive to your workflow. So, uh, talk a little bit about the studio and and um, kind of what your your work habits and routines are.
1: Okay, um, it's got plywood floors, so I can make any mess I want. I've got Great light. I've got heating and air conditioning and a great sound system, and it's a perfect space to work in. Uh, I'm I'm very lucky to have it, and I basically wake up in the morning and walk in to the studio from the house and start working. Unless I'm running errands or going to a gallery or you know going on a trip, I pretty much work here every day, and it's it's just my little retreat and it's my hobby, my life, my work my everything that i i love doing is right here in my studio so it's um it's really a a very great situation for me
0: and um, as you're developing the the pieces, um, are you typically working on one piece at a time or do you have multiple works in the process? What's, what's your approach to, you know, kind of the production side of things?
1: I typically work on maybe three to four pieces at a time. I, you know, I do acrylic paintings. I do the mixed media work. I do assemblage pieces. I really like to keep it fresh by working on lots of different things at one time my my attention span is very short and I have a very difficult time working on one specific piece although sometimes I I get so focused on a piece that that's all I think about and I have to get that one piece done but typically I like to spread it around and if something isn't working on one piece I'll go to the next and I really like to cycle around that way it really seems to work for me and um everyone's got their way of working on things my studios i would say is an organized chaos of things
0: Again, I would encourage those who are listening to um, go to the blog and and see some of the images of Dave's work so you can get an idea of his, his style and his approach. Um, and, and what you're going to see in that work is a lot of imagery and, and found objects. And And uh, talk, Dave, a little bit about where all of that comes from, how you gather the both the materials and the subject matter.
1: Well, Donna and I have always been junkers and antiquers, and we started... That probably 35 years ago and that was well before i became an artist and so i i guess we kind of worked my finds of patina wood and metal into my art and then it kind of i started taking photographs of our travels and so i started incorporating my collage and painting and finding artifacts on the side of the road at swap meets garage sales which i still do to this day which To me, there's nothing more exciting to pull up at a giant flea market and see all that stuff laying out there. And um, so that's I, I just have a huge selection of wood and metal and signage and bits and pieces of everything, old magazines, postcards. I've got an old motel sign in my studio. I mean, I just love being surrounded by... All the all these things, mainly from the 40s and 50s, I think it, it just they're like old friends just hanging around.
0: I think that's a really great description, and and I think that as my clients are experiencing your work, you know, it's it's really interesting to see how different demographics respond to your work a little bit differently. Um, you know, obviously a lot of the imagery comes from the 40s and 50s, and so I have a lot of clients who either were growing up in that period, or maybe they were growing up in the, the 60s, but you know, they, they would travel with their parents on old Route 66 and, and through the West and, and see a lot of that stuff. Um, and, and so there's just a, a kind of trigger something, memories and, and nostalgia in, in my clientele. And, and I wonder, um, you know, as you've talked to your clients, what, are they, what do they seem to be responding to in the work and what, what do they say about the work?
1: Well, I think you're right about that. They really look back at their road trips. And a lot of the things that I have in my art really remind them of that. So it's very nostalgic for them. And then you get the younger people that didn't really live through it, but appreciate the graphics and the signage and the uh, advertising pieces and kind of are living it for the first time. And I might add what's funny, you know, I mentioned about being in Anaheim and, and growing up by the motel signs and everything. But as a family, we never traveled. I think we went on two trips to San Francisco and San Diego, and that was it. So when I turned 18, I, I I just wanted to travel. And then when I met Donna, we really started traveling. And traveling has become our kind of hobby. And then it's also where we find all my things from my art and photograph things. So I think it really strikes a chord with people. They just... They really relate to it. And um, a lot of graphic designers like my work and a lot of a lot of professional people, doctors, lawyers, I think, really, really like the work because I think they want to, they want to do that type of thing. And they it reminds them of their youth. And it's just it's it's it's, you know, mixing all the different the wood and the metal and the signage and everything. It just it's just it's like a giant jigsaw puzzle. And I, I think sometimes they wonder how how can this all possibly work? And And, then it does. (laughs) And sometimes I wonder too, but it does.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and and um, I'll also mention, um, you you know, that imagery and and the compositions, um, you know, there's something really fundamentally, um, you you know, American about it. And and what I'm I I don't mean to to be jingoistic about that, but but there just is, you know, you know the the especially uh, America in the 40s and 50s and, and 60s. You know, there were just certain looks and, and um, colors and sights and sounds. But it's been interesting to me um, in the gallery that a good number of the people that we've sold your work to have come from other parts of the world. We sold to people in England and in and Europe. Um, and, and to them, there there's a, a level of... Um, you know just the unexpected and 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 they just think that it it, it really um symbolizes something fundamentally d- different maybe from the experience that they've had
1: yeah the 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 Europeans love the southwest i have a lot of friends that are in the uk and italy and they come here and it's wide open spaces the weather's awesome the clouds are amazing and they just love the southwest and rightfully so i mean you you just you know go on a road trip around you know through southern utah arizona i mean the landscape is so stunning and you know i I also work uh with fender guitars doing art guitars for them and a lot of my i would say like 90 percent of my guitars wind up in europe in Mm -hmm. germany and england and uh, they just love americana and the japanese also uh really love americana um i think it's just so wide open here and the countries are so small and compact over there and then they come here and you know you can you know driving through texas will take you two days you know yeah, right. so <laughs> it's it's amazing
0: kind of bringing it around a little bit we talked um early earlier about some of the uh, early influences in your works of the yeah. artists that you admired um i wanted to expand on that a little bit though because i know um, you and i have had a lot of conversations about um you know, some of our our favorite artists and some of the the artists that that you admire. And I know that um, your appreciation for those artists and and the range of different artists that you love has has grown over time and over the course of your career. So, um, you know, who are some of your favorite artists and and why are they your favorites? And how do you feel maybe they've um, influenced you and, and your work?
1: Yeah, it's really hard to pick my favorite, but I of course, I have lots of favorites, which range for, like I said, from the pop artists, but, you know, Jean-Michel Basquiat, who worked with Warhol, who passed away, unfortunately. uh, um, He does this very great African-American kind of tribal graffiti art. Um, I like the landscape, you know, Maynard Dixon. I like Picasso, Van Gogh is one of my favorites. I mean, I kind of call it mixed media likes i it's like my music i i like everything from punk to classical and everything in between blues i just get so excited when i see something i like i don't care what style or who it is i just like the work and then i read about that artist and then if if i read about them and i i like what they say and how they are i like them even more but i don't think i can say enough about how influential artists from the past and musicians and how important music is to me um to make you know to take from those artists and make make your work uh your own but to take from those artists and and be influenced by them but there's so many great artists out there and all the time i hear something on the radio or i'll see a new something on facebook or something it's like wow how did i miss this artist and there's just so much talent out there it's just unbelievable i i just um i just like f- seeing art going to museums and just i know i might have gotten off track i kind of do that but no no but um, i think that um, I, I, just, I
0: think that's really you know and as i look at your work and you know it's not that i can point to any particular artist but 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 you can definitely see that um you know, we're all a part of an artistic legacy yes. and a conversation that that's happening, um, you know, where new things are being tried and new directions are being taken and... Uh, you know, it's just fun to to um, be in some small way a, a part of that. Um, you know, that conversation and and you know, watching watching your work develop has has really been a lot of fun for me. I you, you know, I've here we are in, in ten years in, and to look back at some of the early pieces that, right. that we had in the gallery and sold, and and see the development from there to the work that you're creating today. It, it you know, it really is just a fascinating process. Um, to watch as you know again as as a gallery owner and an art appreciator not a creator myself but but right. just to to kind of watch that development
1: occur well thanks and I, I appreciate that and it is fun to look back at your work and see how things have changed and it's also fun if you, you know your artist friends to see the same thing it's it's neat to kind of grow up with some of these people that some of these artists that I've known for 20 years and see how you know we're all doing and striving to to make it in the art world, and I I, I want to add too that I think um, you know I still read about artists all the time, and I'm I'm a huge uh, fan of art document artist documentaries on Netflix, and there's so much out there to, I mean you you watch some of these documentaries and they're just so inspirational, um, and and fun to watch so. I I like to recommend that too is a pretty neat thing and a way to learn about other artists and just um, see how they work and processes and of course on on YouTube too is a a great tool I know your dad follows some artists on there that he really likes and I I think that's a great thing to uh, get inspired by.
0: It's an awesome time to be alive. Just just yes. the amount of of um, information available and and the art that you can see out there, the museums you can visit. Um, you know it's it, it's it's a golden age uh, in the sense of what you can experience if you're looking for it. And you know, unfortunately, art probably doesn't get quite as much attention from the general public right as it did in in past ages. But for those who love art and those who um, you know want to meet artists and, and have art experiences, um it's just amazing the resources that are available to us both at the you know the click of a mouse but also um, just hop in your car and and go visit some museums go to artist studios and galleries it's 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 an awesome time to be alive
1: it is and there's many times that i'll be on facebook or something and it's um you know what i like to do is join other people's pages or museums and i can't tell you how many shows or exhibitions i would have missed if i hadn't seen things on there and um you know, we're going to a couple of exhibits coming up that I, I never would have known about it. And I try and think back like 30 years ago, how in the world did we know, I guess, through magazines and newspapers, but I mean, it still seems, you know, it seems so archaic now. And I, I sometimes, you know, I do yearn, you know, because I like, I like the past a lot because of all the things that I shoot and what I do in my art. But I, I think there's a happy medium between the two that you, you kind of take all the best from the new and all the best from the old and bring them together. It, it's, it's a nice combination. I think you, you just have to make it work for how you want it to work, you know?
0: Well, Dave, it, it has been awesome talking to you. Uh, this is, has, has been a fun format and I appreciate you taking the time to, uh, to, to spend a few minutes talking to me.
1: Sure. I, like I said, love talking about art and business. So I, I really appreciate the, the time as always.
0: Well, and um, I, I'd like to encourage, uh, again, those of you who are listening to the podcast to visit red.blog.com. Um, and, uh, visit the page where this is being broadcast if you're not listening to it from there. Uh, there will be some images of Dave's work there. And then, of course, visit his page on com. And if you're... Uh, Uh, In Scottsdale, visit our gallery and see Dave's work. And if you're in uh, Prescott, which I I would encourage if you're out in Arizona, it is a great, uh, great town. Be sure and stop by Dave's gallery, uh, the Newman Gallery. Uh, just on, on the square there in uh, Whiskey Row in uh, Old Town Prescott. And uh, please take a moment uh, after listening to the podcast and let us know what you think. Leave a comment uh, below the, the podcast. I would love to get your feedback and uh, we'll look forward to hearing what you thought of, of our first uh, interview and uh, look forward to seeing you in our next podcast. Again, Dave, thanks so much.
1: Thanks a lot, Jason.